Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And on today's episode, we have the founder of the Travel Junkies live on the interview. Uh, his name is Craig Henry, and uh, he's an African American living in Atlanta, Georgia, and he travels the world, uh, you know, making an income, inspiring others to travel as well. Uh, so, super excited to talk to Craig today. We'll be talking about himself, his travels, about uh, the business of travel, the travel junkies, about African American travel, about minority travel, and much more. So, let's get the ball rolling. Craig, uh, to start off with, why don't we get to know you a little bit better if you want to share a little bit more about yourself with people who are listening and watching? Okay. Hello, everyone. Excited to be here. Nice to hang out with you, Ricky. Um, well, uh, my name is Craig Henry. I'm originally from Chicago, Illinois. Uh, I've been living in Atlanta, Georgia about 19 years, and I must say it was a great transition. Uh, I kind of got tired of dealing with all of the cold and the snow, and you know, so I just needed a, a nice change of pace, and Atlanta kind of provided me with that nice change of pace that I needed in terms of climate and things like that. One of the other reasons why I chose Atlanta was because Atlanta actually has an international airport that's like the southeastern hub for travel down to South America. And South America just kind of happens to be one of my destinations of choice. You know, so a lot of times when I want to jump down there, you know, trips are super cheap and, you know, super quick to get down there, four or five hours, unless you're going all the way down to Brazil or Argentina or something like that. So that's one of the reasons why I chose Atlanta. Um, yeah, I'm actually in uh, Medellin, Colombia at the time of this interview, so uh, looking forward uh, you know, uh, to connecting here. Uh, why don't you walk us through your own travels? So you mentioned you're based in Atlanta, Georgia. You love to travel. You mentioned South America. Uh, walk us through some of the major um, continents and countries uh, and some of your favorite cities you've been to so far. Okay. Uh, well, you know, since traveling, I started at the early age of nine, and I've been traveling ever since. I've been to a lot of places, but I must say by far the best city I've ever visited so far is Barcelona. It's just something about Spain, the whole Spanish flair, uh, the whole Antonio Gaudi. You know, I'm a big fan of Antonio Gaudi. So it's like when you go to Barcelona, it's like you're walking in a living museum because a lot of his work is there in terms of buildings and museums and stuff like that. So Barcelona by far is probably the best place I've been. But you know, Ricky, I've been to Asia a couple of times. You know, you got to love Thailand. You know, Thailand is just an absolutely beautiful place. I love the Phi Islands. The water is super clear. Uh, China, believe it or not, was one of my favorite destinations as well, too. I had fun in Beijing. You know, it's a little different from Shanghai, you know, and it's kind of very crowded. But, you know, once you understand a little idiosyncrasies and how to get around in Beijing, it can be a great city to explore. Um, I mentioned South America earlier, uh, and I've done quite a few destinations in South America. I've done Ecuador and had the opportunity to actually go to the Amazon jungle, spend a couple of nights in the Amazon jungle a few years ago. And that was pretty fun, man. You know, you always get to see the jungle in history books and, and, and magazines and stuff like that, but to actually be there in the thick of it was pretty fun. Um, Brazil was a great destination as well too. Beautiful beaches, beautiful people, and the culture and the food was great. And uh, Argentina, you know, who, who wouldn't love Argentina, right? I mean, you know, you get the chance to see some real live tango, you know, the love language of dance, and, and that was one of the great cities. So those are just a few places I've been. And as you know, Ricky, you know, by the name Travel Junkies, we, we definitely love to travel. And, and I actually have a long list of, you know, destinations planned out for the rest of this year as well too. So. 
Sounds good. Uh, you mentioned Barcelona. It's one of my favorite cities as well. I spent, uh, you know, several days there uh, back in my early 20s. So it's been a while since I've been there, but I absolutely love it. Uh, I, I definitely love Thailand as well. China, uh, for me, I found it actually super difficult because of language. I would go to restaurants and, you know, it would all be Chinese. And I'd be like, okay, I'm in trouble here, you know. Uh, so I found China to be difficult. Um, uh, I love South America as well. We're focused on this continent. I've been to Brazil. The Amazon's amazing. I'm heading to Ecuador actually after this. Uh, we're in Colombia right now, and we're heading south uh, to Ecuador and then uh, Peru, Bolivia, Chile, Uruguay, etc. So, yeah, kindred spirits here, Craig. So you mentioned the travel junkies. Um, so uh, when did you start the website, and uh, what are the major themes and topics you guys write about on the travel junkies? Yeah. Well, well, my brother and I, Terrence Day, he lives up in Chicago. We actually came together and started the Travel Junkies about a year and a half ago. And one of the reasons why I came about, Rich, is because we would always do a lot of traveling and then post a lot of our travels. And people would always say, hey, you know, when you do your next trip, let me know so I can actually go on the trip with you. So, um, and then, you know, one of my friends one day, you know, asked me what was my itinerary for a specific year in travel. And I laid it out for him. And he said, hey, man, you know, you just travel so much. It's like you're a travel junkie. So when he said it, the name just kind of stuck. And I approached my brother with it, and I was like, hey, man, we got to create this blog site, man. we got to get this information out to people. And when I say information, I'm talking about, you know, all types of culture. There's so much culture out there in the world. You know, and, and like you said, as an African-American guy growing up in Chicago, Chicago is a melting pot, you know, but by far the biggest melting pot is the globe. And, and in order to get out there and see it, you got to go see it. So that's kind of how the travel junkies came about. And one of the things that Terrence and I do is, you know, we do a lot of traveling and then we write blogs about everywhere we go in terms of the good, the bad, the ugly. So, for example, you know, there are a lot of people that may have never been to Barcelona or may have never been to Ecuador, you know, and they want to go. So since we've been, one of the things that we try and do is come back and report back and say, hey, here are the things to do in Barcelona. For nightlife, you can go here on this street and look for this particular club and hear some jazz. Or if you want, you know, a great steak, you can go to this restaurant on this street, things like that. You know, so that's one of the things that we try and do with the travel junkies is just get information out there to the, to the masses and to the people that love to travel about, you know, things to do in all of these other cities. You know, and especially for African-American travelers, you know, because it, it, it seems to be a lot of African-Americans don't travel. So one of the things that we're trying to do is just follow the lead of some of the other people that we've seen, you know, that do a lot of traveling and just kind of pick up that mantle and, you know, get that information out to people. Well, I, I'm definitely a travel junkie myself, so I fit the bill. I definitely look forward to contributing to your site. I'm curious about the name. So you actually spelled it differently when you when you think of like a junkie, like a, a junkie with an IE. Tell us about why you spelled a junkie the way you guys did. Well, we just wanted it to be a little more catchy, you know, so instead of just saying just J-U-N-K-I-E, you know, we wanted to put a couple of E's on it and run it all together. So that's why it's all kind of run together. It's T-H-E-T-R-A-V-E-L-J-U-N-K-E-E-S. So we thought that would just be a little more catchy in terms of, a, you know, logo, a name, you know, for people to remember. So that's how we came up with it. Yeah, no, I mean, it definitely stands out. It's, it's sometimes a good marketing strategy to spell a name uh, differently. Uh, I see a lot of people, for example, they leave out the vowels in the name, and uh, that's actually a way to actually build a brand. So, um, yeah, it's good you did that. 
Uh, we covered a little bit of African-American travel. Uh, you know, you mentioned you're from Chicago, which is a melting pot. Uh, but uh, the world is the biggest melting pot, like you said, or the cultural mosaic. Um, and uh, with African-Americans, I've interviewed a few people on the show so far. Uh, you know, Eric Prince from the Minority Traveler, the Minority Nomad. Uh, Nicole uh, Webster, a common friend uh, from I Love to Globetrot. We also interviewed Kervin uh, McKenzie, a uh, former airline uh, employee and now uh, Globetrotter. Uh, it's kind of funny. Eric uh, Prince and Kervin McKenzie, they have a, a competition. They're good friends, but they have a competition to be the first African-American to visit every country in the world. So I look forward to seeing that race. And who knows? You guys actually might overtake them. You might be coming from third and overtake both of them and uh, finish the finish line before both of those guys. So, uh, uh, yeah, tell us about uh, African-American travel in terms of, like, um, what, what uh, differentiates you uh, from other African-Americans that don't travel? Why did you guys uh, choose to be so passionate about uh, travel as opposed to others? Well, I, I think one of the things that kind of differentiates us is uh, it's just pretty simple. We've been bit by that travel bug. And, you know, Ricky, you're a traveler, so you understand. A lot of people, you know, it's that hurdle. Once you get over that first travel in terms of you know, international travel, long distance travel, and then you realize how easy it is, then you kind of get bit by that bug and you just want to go all the time. You know, that's one of the things. For me, you know, I love to learn about other cultures, you know, and it's the simple stuff, Ricky. Like, like I mentioned Beijing, you know, I was excited when I was in Beijing just to watch people go to work. You know, because it's just amazing to watch other cultures in terms of how they operate, how they move about the city, how they go about their day. What do they do when they get off work? Because, you know, over here in the States, you know, we're so programmed to, hey, we go to work, we get off at five o'clock. If it's a lot of traffic, hey, we go to happy hour and let traffic wind down and then we go home, you know. But it's amazing to watch other cultures in terms of how they go to work and how they have their specific routines when they get off work. So that's one of the things that, I think kind of differentiates us. We we try and immerse ourselves in the culture as much as possible and then report that back. For example, I just went to Cuba last month. So when I went to Cuba, I stayed with a host family in Cuba. So, you know, it, it, it was kind of perfect because I'm trying to learn Spanish. So I had to speak Spanish, you know, every day in the house. Um, I was able to eat breakfast with the family every morning. I was able to just watch TV shows every night with the family. So it was like I was living at home. I just was in Cuba. You know, and that's one of the things that we love to do, like you said, immerse ourselves in the culture and then come back and report to, you know, people, you know, report to the masses via our website. So I'm curious, uh, why do you feel ethnic minorities don't travel as much? Uh, I'll just uh, share my example quickly here. Uh, I'm actually Indian, uh, born in Canada, so I'm Indo-Canadian. My wife's actually Filipino, and she immigrated to Canada. We met there, got married there. And now we're traveling um, as an Indian and as a Filipino who are from Canada. And we hardly see any other Indians who are traveling. We hardly see any other Filipinos that are traveling. And we hardly see other African-Americans or even Chinese that are traveling. So for some reason, minorities, um, when I talk about minorities, obviously I'm talking about like minorities who are in the West as opposed to like Chinese in China or Indians in India because they're actually the majority. So you understand what I'm saying here. Um, so why do you think, uh, you know, I'm curious about the topic. Why do you feel minorities don't travel as much as majorities? You know, Ricky, I, I, if I had to put it like something on that, I would have to think two reasons. One, 
lack of education. And when I say lack of education, I don't mean in terms of school and education. I mean in terms of travel, how easy it is. You know, a lot of times when I talk to my friends and I say, hey, I'm going over to Europe, you know, for the you know, X amount of days. The first thing they say is, well, you know, I don't have $5,000 to, to spend to go to Europe. And I'm saying, you know, hey, it doesn't take $5,000. I can go over there for 800 bucks. So I think that's one of the reasons, you know, lack of education in terms of how easy it is to travel, how cheap it is to travel, how affordable it is to travel. I think that's one thing. And then I think the other thing too, Rick, is just, you know, plain old fear. You know, a lot of people are just scared to get out of their comfort zone. You know, they like where they live. They've been programmed to go to work and just go home and, you know, do this on the weekend and, and go shopping here and buy food from here. So the thought of disrupting that is just kind of, you know, it, it, it's kind of daunting for some people. So I think those are kind of the two things, lack of education in terms of how easy it is to travel and fear. That's the only thing I can kind of do. Yeah, I want to add to that. Um, you know, I definitely agree with you. It's lack of, lack of experience in terms of international travel and then obviously uh, the fear factor. Um, what, what do you think about the cultural factors? For example, the upbringing, um, um, the mindset of an African-American, the mindset of an Indian, Indian-American or an Indian-Canadian or a Chinese-Canadian, Chinese-American. Um, uh, do you feel that cultural roots, uh, parental upbringing, the heritage all have uh, factors to play as well? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, we're all products of our environment. So if you have a parent that never goes anywhere and never shows you the importance of going anywhere, then chances are you probably won't as an adult. Not saying you never will, but you probably won't as early as if you had a parent that was a traveler and took their child with them and showed them that, hey, you can do this. This is something you can do. You know, so you know, I think that's that's one of the things in the upbringing, you know, as a, I mean, as a parent myself, I have three children. And one of the things that I've always done with all of my children is I've made sure that we've always took a family vacation somewhere. We always got on a plane. We always jumped on Amtrak. And a couple of times we got on the bus as well, too. You know, and I think as a result of that, for example, now my son, he's 24 years old and he lives in Dallas, Texas. You know, and, and when you instill that insight in your children, it makes them a little more brave as they get older. So he came home to me one day and said, hey, Dad, I think I want to move to Dallas, Texas. You know, I got some opportunities here. And I was like, hey, son, go for it. And he moved and has never looked back. You know, so yes, to answer your question, a lot of it is cultural. You know, if, if, if your parents or your guardians or, or your father figures and mother figures don't do it, chances are you may not do it. You know, so again, you know, with the Travel Junkies website, that's one of the things that we try and help people see you can do whatever you want to do if you want to go to see the eiffel tower you should go do that if you want to go see the acropolis you should go do, do that if you want to go to the great wall of china go and do that you know what i mean and it's easy to do and that's one of the things that we try to do with the website show you how easy it is to do yeah and you mentioned uh, you know for example a lot of your friends uh, when they hear you're going to europe they're like this Craig guy, he, you know, he must be rich. He must have some secret money somewhere. But the reality is it's not actually expensive to travel. Uh, people have this wrong misconception, especially like what you mentioned, like Asia or South America, where I am. I, I, I'm here in an apartment, uh, you know, for the people watching, I'll just show you. This is actually the master room we're in. 
And, uh, you know, it's an amazing apartment here uh, uh, in the heart of Medellin, Colombia. And we're actually only paying, um, you know, it's um, 100 US dollars for one week. Um, and that's phenomenally cheap. Uh, you know, it's uh, um, uh, right in the center of things, near the shops and restaurants. Uh, there's a laundry uh, right in the condo as well. Uh, we're living like the locals. We're not in the hotel. And we're saving money. Uh, because if I was traveling in Canada or the US, the average hotel is probably anywhere from like 80 to 100 uh, US uh, dollars per night. Here, I can actually stay a whole week for the same price. And the food, you know, it's five to five to ten dollars for a meal. Uh, transport from one end of the city to the other is about three or four dollars. Um, you know, intercity travel is super cheap as well. Maybe fifteen twenty dollars to go like ten hours on a bus. Uh, flights are cheap, like you know, uh, about a hundred dollars for a flight uh, from one end of the country to the other. So it is actually super cheap, and uh, you know that's actually a misconception or a wrong belief system that travel is expensive. What do you think? Oh, I mean, absolutely right. You know, I tell everyone. If you're in Europe, Ryanair is your friend, you know, and the reason is because, I mean, you know this, you can fly from Berlin, Germany to Athens, Greece on Ryanair for like 25 euro, you know, and that's like unheard of here in the States, you know, and so I tell people, you know, like you said, when I was in Cuba, when I stayed with the host family, I paid $15 a night. That was it. You know, just like you said, you're in Medellin and you're spending 100 US dollars for an entire week. And then the apartment where you are is located centrally to Medellin. So you got all of the shops and stores and nightlife, whatever you want to do. So you're living like a local. And I think that's part of the other miseducation that a lot of people have too. You know, well, well fear, I'm sorry. You know, when a lot of people travel out of the country, well, they want to be in that hotel because they want to feel like, okay, I'm safe. I have a front desk downstairs. I got a doorman, things like that. But they don't understand. Well, hey, if you just step away from that hotel that's a hundred and some dollars a night and go five or six blocks down the way into the neighborhood, you can get that same place for $100 a week. Now, you won't have a doorman. You won't have a front desk, but it's just as safe. And then, you know, with the inception of all types of companies and websites such as Airbnb, Verbo, Hostel World. I mean, travel is, is made just that much more affordable. Now. Yeah, and uh, you know, if you're like a solo traveler, for example, you can use things like Couchsurfing. We actually interviewed the founder. Uh, you can watch that episode, uh, Casey Fenton, talking about Couchsurfing around the world. Uh, Airbnb is a great way. Uh, we've actually interviewed a few people about house sitting, uh, where you can actually stay for free as long as you're taking care of the pets. So if you're a pet lover, if you don't mind walking a dog, you're gonna stay for free, which is actually amazing. Um, there's house swapping, so maybe you're in your hometown and you can uh, swap houses. Yep. Just, yeah, just yesterday I interviewed someone uh, who uses a site called Guest to Guest, and you don't, um, you don't actually need to literally change houses. Uh, you can actually just uh, get points. Uh, so every time uh, you travel, you use some of your points to stay for free. And this lady, she's traveling with her husband around Europe. And uh, they said they're traveling, I think, for about uh, you know a few months. And uh, they only stay in the hotel maybe a few nights out of those few months because the rest is all for free. Um, so there are definitely ways that you can uh, get a bang for your buck. Uh, the other thing I can think of is travel hacking. Um, you know, there are a lot of people we've interviewed actually travel hack around the way around the world, flying across the Atlantic, flying across the Pacific for literally 15, 23, uh, you know, 30 US dollars. They're literally only paying the taxes because the rest is all through points, through credit card points and miles. Yeah. Uh, that's another great way. The last way is uh, travel blogging. Um, you know, you're a travel blogger, so am I. 
Um, you know, a lot of us, we get a sponsored trip stays. Uh, we get hotels for free, sightseeing, um, uh, even uh, sometimes food and nice meals and transport. Uh, have you found that too with the travel junkies? You get a lot of stuff sponsored? Yeah, I mean, that, that's the one thing about travel blogging too, like you said, that helps with the travel. I mean, you know, if you, if you find a particular company that, want that, that provides a service, for example, you know, there may be a train service from, you know, um, Rome to Pompeii, right? So that train service will sometimes put you up and sponsor you or comp your travel as long as you write a blog about them or write a piece about them. You know, so that's another way that, you know, it's a great way to get travel paid for. You know, you mentioned the travel hacking. You know, I have a lot of friends that do the travel hacking and they're like experts at it. Like I got a buddy of mine right now. He lives in Dallas, Texas. This guy just went down to Santiago, Chile, round trip for $261. You know, and that speaks to that whole miseducation that people think, you know, hey, to go down to Santiago, Chile, I'm going to spend $1,500 on a plane ticket. That's just simply not true. You just need to know how to travel hack and the things to do. So, yeah. Yeah, there are definitely ways uh, to extend your travels. Um, so uh, if there's someone who's watching and uh, they're thinking, you know, these guys are lucky. This Craig guy is super lucky traveling around the world. This Ricky guy is super lucky. Um, you know, um, the, people say that all the time. You're so lucky to travel. You know, uh, I envy you. I'm jealous. Maybe I'll put it on my buck list. Someday I'll do it. And I, I call BS on that because uh, at the end of the day, you could choose to travel too. You don't have to wait till someday. You don't have to wait till the, the opera lady sings or the cows come home. You can travel now. And, uh, you know, there might be someone who's listening and watching who's in that predicament. They just have frozen themselves because of lack of uh, education, like you said, around travel, lack of experience, um, cultural mindset, maybe even, um, you know, um, what do you call it, the, the fear factor. So what would you tell that person? Uh, besides the slogan, just do it. I hear that all the time. Besides the slogan, just do it by Nike, what would you tell that person to travel the world like you and me are doing and all the other travel junkies on your platform are doing too? Well, what I would, what I would tell them is this. Um... Are you familiar with Tim Ferriss? Hello, are you familiar with Tim Ferriss? Uh, which one? So, uh, Tim Ferriss from the 4-Hour Workweek, work week, uh, the book and the podcast, yeah. yes. Yeah. Tim Ferriss has a podcast about vagabonding, uh, about escaping the daily grind. He talks about these two monks, Theodore and Lucius. You know, Theodore and Lucius were in love with the idea of traveling, right? So every year, their cycle would go something like this. In the summer, Theodore would ask Lucius, hey, let's go on a, tra on a trip. And Lucius would say, yeah, let's wait until it get gets cold outside. And then when it gets cold outside, Lucius would say, let's go on a trip. And then Theodore would say, well, let's wait until it gets warm. Let's wait until it gets warm. So he said they went back and forth like this for 50 years. And then they finally realized we've never been anywhere. We've planned all of these trips, but we've never done anything because we've always made excuses. And so he talked about vagabonding and escaping the daily grind. So what I always tell people is, you know, you know, you just have to put your best foot forward and you got to step out there. Sort of like the Nike slogan, you got to do it. And that's one of the things with the travel junkies, what we do is, for example, if I have friends that say, hey, I want to travel here, I want to travel there. Well, I'll ask them, well, when do you think you want to travel? And they'll tell me. And I'll say, well, how about I put a trip together for you and I and a couple of other people and we can travel to that location. And, and so once I do that, 
they say, okay, go ahead. And then when I, once I put the trip together and they see how cheap it is, then it kind of forces them to be like, okay, well, he did kind of just, you know, call my bluff here, so either I'm going to go or not go. You know? <laughs> and a lot of times the, cheap, the trips are so cheap where people just can't pass them up, you know, and they end up going. So there have been plenty of times, Ricky, where I've taken group trips with people, and after the trip they sent me emails or just passed me and thanked me. Because they said, hey, you know, I've always wanted to travel. I didn't know it was this easy. I'm glad that you got me out on my first trip. And I'm enjoying myself. And I plan on doing more travels after that. So that's one of the other things that I really love about the travel junkie, man. Just inspiring people to travel, traveling with people, and getting people to get that travel bug and push beyond to travel. I love that analogy, by the way, uh, Craig. Uh, you know, uh, uh, some people complain it's too hot, it's too cold. I'm actually in Medellin, which is uh, the term for Medellin is the city of eternal spring uh, because the, the temperature is actually springtime weather the whole year. So you don't have those high highs or the low lows. You don't need your jackets. You don't need uh, even like a... Um, you know, like sunscreen maybe needed because it is hot, but uh, it is not like super boiling hot where you're sweating like bullets and uh, you're getting heat strokes. So it is a cool climate, and I really like it actually. The, the city of Eternal Spring. I haven't seen many of the cities around the world that have a, a year-long spring climate. It's amazing. You know, I'll actually be in Medellin this December. I'm planning a trip. I'll be in Panama City for about three days, then I go over to Medellin, and then from Medellin I go over to Cali, Colombia. Oh, yeah, we did a similar trip. We flew in from uh, Panama, and we're in uh, Medi uh, Bogota, Medellin. Uh, we're going to Cartagena and Cali. Uh, our daughter just joined us, by the way, and our daughter loves to actually ask questions to our guests as well. So what question do you have for our guest today, Craig? What's your favorite country? My favorite country? Uh, I think my favorite country, I'm torn between two. But my favorite of all is this one right here. I don't know if you can see my arm, man. Ecuador? Ecuador. Yeah, that's that's my favorite country of all. And I think one of the reasons is because I love the weather down in Ecuador. The people in Ecuador are super, super nice. Um, when I visited Ecuador, I was all over the country. I did um, Quito. We did Cotacachi, we did Daños, we did a couple of other cities, and and I um, we did Hacienda Mentales up in the Andes. And when I tell you, I just kind of fell in love with Ecuador. And I remember, I, I noticed, I heard you said at the top of the call that you guys are going down to Ecuador as well too. Yeah, next month. Yeah, so when you go, man, you got to check out Quito. And if you get an opportunity, Ricky, you got to go over to Baños. It's just one of the most beautiful cities on earth period that you'll ever see it, it's colorful it's set right below at the base of a, a, a volcano then it has all types of mountainous ranges and it's very beautiful so it, it's one of the cities that we actually feature on our website as well too so once our website is back up and running you'll be able to go there and see as many pictures as you like of pizza Daniels, all of that so ecuador my favorite country we're going there next month we're looking forward to seeing it any other questions rian yeah what's your favorite Animal. On your travels, what's your favorite animal you like to see? Oh, uh, my favorite animal? Uh, I'm going to have to say the monkeys, you know, because everywhere we go, we always see monkeys, you know, and they're always pretty friendly, you know, so I'm going to say monkeys. Awesome. What, what, any final questions? What's your favorite? 
Dessert. <laughs> Food or dessert? Oh, my favorite dessert. Um, I got to say, my favorite dessert is chocolate cake. I don't care what country I'm in, chocolate cake is chocolate cake. What about favorite food on your travels uh, besides chocolate cake? Any food that you love from uh, all of the travels you've done so far? Uh, yeah. Havana, Cuba, Ropa Vieja. It was a restaurant that I visited called Don Pucho in the old Havana around one of the squares. And they had the best Ropa Vieja I have ever tasted anywhere. And of course, it, you know, it should have been. It was Cuban, you know. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, you know, to wrap up here, Craig, uh, why don't we talk about some of your bucket list items? Uh, you know, uh, right now you're in Atlanta, traveling around the world, uh, visiting South America quite a bit. Uh, what is left to go in terms of your major bucket list items? If you could jump on a plane tomorrow, where would you go? Well, if I could jump on a plane tomorrow, Richard, it would be Cairo, Egypt. And that's one of my bucket list items. I mean, I, I just have to lay my eyes on the pyramids and the Sphinx. You know, some of the oldest and most ancient rooms in the world, period. You know, uh, I love to see them. And I actually have a trip planned in October heading down to Cairo to see them. You know, so that's one of my bucket list items. Also, another bucket list item is to see the uh, salt flats in Bolivia. You know, and I'm, I'm planning a trip for that early next year in 2018 to go down to Bolivia and check those out. So those are some of my bucket list items, you know, and I, and I, and I think my list is kind of low, Ricky, because I don't want to say bucket list because that, that kind of gives the appearance that, hey, I'm checking out and I got to do this. Where, whereas I like to just say what's on my what's next list. And so those are some of the things on my what's next list. I love, I love the differentiation, by the way, because uh, Bacchus, you think of the movie with uh, Morgan Freeman and Jack Nicholas, where they're pretty much dying, and then they decide, okay, I'm about to die, I'm going to go see the world. Uh, so I love how you call it the what's next to the list, and uh, literally what's next for you is Egypt. So uh, good on you uh, for actually uh, completing these dreams. And uh, I, I like to actually spin it around, too. It's not the bucket list item for me. It's like the just did it list or the just completed list. So for me, it's like, okay, I, I've done it. I've done it. I've done it. I've, I've done it. So I want to be the just did it guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And, and actually, what's, what's kind of evident right now is I'm going to Amsterdam first for Labor Day. Then after that, I'm going over to Cairo. Well, uh, you know, I uh, wish you the best in, uh, you, uh, in your travels and your website, uh, in the, the community you're building up. Uh, to wrap up here, uh, how can people connect with you if they want to get inspired? Uh, you know, just like this interview has been super inspiring. They, pick, they might want to pick your brain and uh, deal with those fears, deal with the mindset issue, uh, deal with the travel prep and travel experience issue. Uh, how can they connect with you and uh, find out about your site and your social media, et cetera? Yeah, sure. The best way, well, there are several ways you can connect with me. Obviously on Facebook, you know, my name is Craig Henry, I'm on Facebook. And then also we have a group on Facebook called The Travel Junkie. Uh, also, we're on all of the other social media sites under the same name. We're on Instagram, The Travel Junkies. You know, we're on uh, Twitter, The Travel Junkies. We're also on Snapchat, The Travel Junkie as well. And then we have an email address. It's simply thetraveljunkies at gmail.com. And again, that spelling is T-H-E-T-R-A. B-E-L-J-U-N-K-E-E-S. And then, of course, we have a website, www.thetraveljunkies.com website. And as you know, we talked about at the top of the call, 
Uh, the website is down right now for maintenance, but it should be up and running in about the next two or three days. Alrighty, you made it easy for us. Uh, the Travel Junkies all across the World Wide Web. Uh, you can check it out at thetraveljunkies.com and then uh, the social media. I'll have the website link below so you can just click through and, uh, you know, get inspired to travel. So thanks again for your uh, time today, Craig. Uh, great talking to a fellow world traveler. Hey, thanks, Ricky. And I'm sure we'll talk again and hopefully we can get together on some of these travels, man. Yes, I, I, I can imagine that. We're going to cross paths soon, not only uh, through the internet, but IRL in real life. Absolutely. Okay, so thanks again, Craig. Uh, thanks to everyone for watching. Uh, if you're on YouTube, uh, you know uh, we have this video. Uh, we have this video series on YouTube, uh, and we also, yeah, we also have it on iTunes. Uh, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, yes. <laughs> my 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 daughter's in the background. Give me a shout out. Uh, yeah. So we're we're across all of social media as well. Uh, just uh, look for a digital nomad mastery. So thanks again and happy travels, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of uh, Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. Check it.